As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. I'm Ari Wasserman, joined by David Ubbin and... Always a friendly face. Always happy to have Max Olson on. How are we doing today, Max? Good. I'm, I think this is my first picks episode of the year, right? I'm honored. Is to, it really honored to be invited? Is that that was like a, a mistake in the system somehow? I don't know how that no, happened. But no, did no. you? We did you? A, we got a lot of good people to have did, on here. It's did okay. you go uh, look through the stats and come up with your plays of like what? Like were you like you really into this? Because yeah, like I yeah. want, because like we're yeah, terrible, I'm not winging at it. It. and I'm we not try really it. hard uh, and uh, stink at it. Because as we always do, uh, and I let everybody know these are the biggest, most entertaining games that everybody in college football is excited to watch, and those are usually the hardest games to bet on. So we're we're doing our best. Uh, we're going to go through them. We have some pretty big games. Uh, my dream of Texas making the playoff might end this weekend. I'm a little bit nervous about that. We'll dive into that, uh, but first. Let me just welcome everybody back officially to the Week 10 Pick Show. Um, we're going to get some important Big 12 games, some SEC divisional games, and is Washington uh, Ralph on the school bus? <laughs> I'm in danger. You know, <laughs> I think that's possible. Be sure to follow the uh, podcast on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. Drop us a five-star review. If you're here watching it live, we certainly appreciate it. Hope you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this uh, in podcast form and you want to see us go live on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, those links will all be found in the show's description on both platforms. Power Hour will also be streaming live their reaction to the college football playoff rankings reveal on Tuesday evenings, um, and the podcast will also publish Tuesday nights once those rankings reveal. Lastly, if you want to be a part of Sunday's Sound Off show where we play your voicemails on the show and react to them, or you just want to call in and let us know what you think about an opinion that we've had, um, we'd love to hear from you. The phone number is 316-462-9852. Again, that is 316-462-9852. You can also text that line, but we will certainly favor the voices because, listen, who doesn't like being called an asshole? You know, I, I do. Uh, <laughs> sign up for for the Until Saturday newsletter, aptly named the same thing. Uh, you get your daily fill of college football directly to your inbox from the athletics writing team. Uh, you do not have to be subscribed to The Athletic to get that newsletter, but if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, don't know what you're doing. And, of course, all the lines that we present to you on this show – are brought to you by BetMGM. What do we say? Let's get into it here, huh? Uh, Let's start off with 
We're, we're going to build up to Texas. I don't know if I want to start right off to Texas because I'm not build sure. Up I'm, to Texas. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm emotionally like this is it. All right, let's start with Texas. All right, let's start with Texas. Um, All right, we're playing, uh, and when I say we, I mean like me as part of the team. Like I am a Longhorn. Texas is playing Kansas State. They are seven and one, four and one. They are laying four. Uh, Kansas State six and two, four and one. This is a game that's going to go a long way in determining the. Big 12 championship game. Um, levels of concern. We'll start with you, Max. You know a lot about Texas. You used to live in Austin. You showed me the best barbecue place I've ever had. Terry Black's. I think beat Heim. I hate to tell you, Dave. It was really, really good. <laughs> we don't have time. I'll I'll listen. I'll defend Heim when the time is right. Heim is Go amazing. Ahead, it's just Terry it Black's is, like. I live on the bacon burn ends are what takes Heim to the next level. The brisket is very good. It's high level Texas brisket. I believe there's some bricks getting Texas better, but the bacon burn ends. Nobody does not better than high. Guys, guys, this is, you know, comparison <laughs> to Thief of Joy. You know, they're both amazing. <laughs> not, let's, let's not hate. It's true. Um, yeah. I, so, so Ari's not Ema this week. Ari is Emal, I guess. I believe Ari, Emal right, horn? yes. Emal. Um, Ari, I'm not trying to, trying to set you off here, but. Uh, I'm extremely concerned about Malik Murphy in this game. <laughs> you're not Is setting this, me off. I feel like you're not saying anything kinda, I'm not unaware of. I'm I I'm not doubting, but it's kind of like this is a kind of a deer in headlights kind of uh, possibility here that he gets yeah. tripped yeah. and pressured yeah. into some big mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, Kansas State knows how to stop, uh, get stops in the red zone, and and if you watch some of these big games Texas has played the last two years, that's that's been kind of the Achilles heel a little bit that for Sark's offense is can you. Finish these drives with touchdowns. Uh, the, the stat actually, not to interrupt you, but the stat is that K State is a top five red zone defense, and I think that Texas yeah. is outside of the top one hundred. I, I just want to. Uh, that, that's so concerning. K State twenty red zone trips this season for the defense, only six touchdowns allowed. Texas defense actually, in terms of allowing touchdowns, six touchdowns on twenty two. So Texas defense pretty good in this spot too. But I, I kind of like K State plus four here, guys. I I just I don't know. This would be. I mean, this would be extremely impressive. If if uh, Malik Murphy can be the guy they need him to be on passing downs, um, and they can just you know really lean on on Brooks and, and Baxter in this game, but I don't know, guys. I feel like these are. I, I think this is the Big Twelve title game. These two. I still feel really like. interesting. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm just not sure that K State's not going to just throw seven guys in the box and say, "All right, if you want to, you're not going to run on us." Like right, Malik. If you're going to be the guy, be the guy. I, I think if this was in Manhattan, I would love K-State Moneyline. It's in Austin. I merely like K-State Moneyline here. I, ah, just K-State is so tough and so disciplined. I mean, it's kind of amazing that it feels like K-State had Bill Snyder for a long time, made a ill-advised hire, brought him back, and then when they got their next hire, it seems like they may have found like the next Bill Snyder. Like Chris Kleiman, his teams look remarkably similar, um, and are and play remarkably similar uh, in just terms of they just don't beat themselves. And I think, you know, Malik Murphy didn't get pushed last week. Are you watched that game more closely than I did? I, I had it on like my fifth screen. How many pressure throws did he have to make? Like a third down in a close game, it didn't seem like a lot. The thing like about the game last week, that and, game. and I don't know if you watched it, Max. I'm sure you you, you stepped into it a little bit. I don't know, um, but Texas was winning the game so easily, like it almost didn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what's concerning because 
like I think he threw early picks and they were still winning by a pretty comfortable margin pretty early on. And like, if we're going to be comparing what he did last week to what he's going to be facing this week, I think it's a completely different scenario. Now we came into the season or I did anyway, thinking that based on what I saw from him physically and what we had heard. And, and I, of course he had a really good spring game and anytime anybody has a good spring game, you get kind of, you know, tingly inside. I, I, I saw it. I like, I thought, I always thought like coming into the year, this guy could have left this year with his placement, his weird odd placement on the depth chart between these two quarterbacks and Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning and started somewhere as soon as this year. So like I was always kind of, and maybe that was just like buying into the hype too much or seeing the size, but I just thought that somebody who's built like that at the very least could be a functional starting quarterback from a running standpoint. Like he doesn't have to be Joe Montana out there, but just his body type. I've seen a lot of teams win a lot of college football games with the battering ram at quarterback, and I think he could do that. Um, that said, if your second start in unexpected start is against a team that is trying to win the Big 12, that's a really tough battle. Like, I am coming into this. Like, listen, we've got two things working against us here, guys. Or <laughs> I keep saying we. Like, I'm I, me. Is, is one, this is the game that Texas always seems to lose, even when they're healthy. Um, and now they have a quarterback that we're not a hundred percent sure of. So like, I don't know, do we like Kansas state here guys? And I'll ask both of you this because this is the patented letdown spot that Texas always seems to not be able to get over. Or are you not con are you concerned with the quarterback play? Cause I don't want to pick Kansas cause I want to like Kansas state's the play. Everybody likes Kansas state, but are we picking Kansas state? Because we think they're, cause I will say this, I watch Kansas state play, play Oklahoma. And they look like they forgot how to play for four quarters. So like that's, yeah. that's in them. I, I've watched that. I, mm -hmm. Like it's in Austin. And Texas has had K-State's number for the last few years too. It's worth so, what, so what's, what's going into the calculus of K-State here? Is it quarterback or is it Texas isn't possibly going to be able to get <laughs> to do what for we me, think or what Ari thinks he's going to do? K-State's been red hot the last few weeks. They, they did forget how to play basketball or play football and still water that Friday night game. That was odd. But that was also like, uh, you know, it, it's like the uh, the the ball in Space Jam where like all of their powers transferred onto Oklahoma State and both teams since that game have been like playing unbelievable football. And K-State's been red hot. Discovering Avery Johnson has given them a really interesting wrinkle to the offense. Also, Ari, have you seen yeah. Avery Johnson's hair? It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw it at the Elite 11. It's, uh, <laughs> so, it's you know. possible, so it's possible that he stole... Um, Quinn Ewers' mullet and his ability at quarterback. I don't think we can mm. rule that out. So people out. think that he's just mm. like Johnny Football? Is that what is that where we're at I yet? mean, I think he has a long way to go as a passer, but when you're that athletic and that fast, and you have Will Howard, who I think is really underrated as a passer, and they've found a way to kind of use them in interesting ways. Uh, I, I, for me, it's both. It's it's that Texas, I don't think this is a letdown spot because I think K-State is good, and they're playing seemingly their best football right now, and they have a lot to play for, and... One of these teams is the defending Big 12 champion, Ari. Let's not forget that as well. The other thing here, just in my my history covering Texas in the past, I, I if I'm you, Ari, I want to see a hot start from Texas. I don't you don't mm -hmm. want the sleepy first quarter on big noon kickoff where it's just like, you know, three to three midway through the second quarter or something like that, and you're sort of like, what are they doing? Like you I think if if this is gonna be like a statement game for Malik Murphy and for Texas. I think you want to see uh, see some some scoring drives early and often. Yeah, if either of these teams go down double digits, I don't love it. 
Neither one of them are built to throw their way back into games. But if one of these teams gets on top of the other by double digits, it's going to be hard for either of them to climb that mountain. Also, this is the... This, we don't have this very often, guys, anymore, but this is the fourth time Will Howard is playing Texas. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sure he wants this one. He's 0-3 in these. Listen, if Texas... Can I just ask you guys your opinion about this? If Texas loses this game and it's because they just have poor quarterback play, does that mean I was wrong? Or do I get like a get-out-of-jail-free card here? If they lose like 41-10, to 10, you are wrong. But I don't think... I'm going to say no because... They don't lose like that to these K-State is good. K-State is good. Well, hang on, Ari. Do they? K-State, they have. K-State is good, and Texas doesn't have a guy who... I mean, if you were ranking the percentage of reasons that Texas beat Alabama this year, Quinn's play was like 35% probably, right? I mean, he made some great game. throws in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say you're wrong unless they just get punked, and I don't think they're going to get punked, but I do think they lose this game. I'm going to lay the four. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can um, say would change my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I mean, I, I'm bought into the bit here. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's not, yeah, that's not a, I don't know. Is it a bit? I, I think Texas winning believe. by any margin would be impressive, right? Yeah. Um, for where they're trying and, to go, that would be impressive. And the thing is, is that like, we always, your thing, Dave, was does Texas lose to a team they have no business losing to? I do not think that applies here. No, I don't think so either. So, I think K-State is good. Mm-hmm. No, they got a road so trip to Ames coming up, though. Just going to bookmark that, that one for you. That's, yeah. where we're, that's where we're concerned. <laughs> you going? Uh, that mid, I would love to. That mid-November game, hopefully a night game in Ames. Yeah, that's, that's Didn't the they get one. shut out in Ames a few years ago, oh, Max? Yeah. 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 So The thing that I'm afraid of is that Texas is going to finish 9-3, and three, and I'm not going <laughs> to feel like I was wrong, and we're going to argue about it. Because like it's <laughs> it's like they're going to finish 9-3, and three, and... Uh, <laughs> They won't you're, have you're lost two, that two Iowa State Texas game. Texas and USC both go like nine and three, and you're just kind of patting them but on then, the head. Like, it's Ari, a no, I punted on USC, though. I punted on USC. Okay. I, I, Ari, me calling my shot that Texas would beat Alabama and not win the Big 12 or make the playoff. Then technically, because my accuracy was so precise, I get more credit for being right than you not being wrong. Am I wrong? Well, here's the thing. If I were right, I'll, I'll take away my excuses. If I were right, this Texas <laughs> team you should. that. <laughs> uh, this Texas team should still beat this team. Like if I were like truly right in the spirit of this is a playoff team, yeah. even without Quinn Ewers, they still should be able to, you know, athlete their way to um, that's true. A close Alabama did so, beat Arkansas last year with, with and Texas A&M without uh, Bryce Young. So. I also think that Kansas State is just going to be a very trendy pick. I think everybody, yeah. everybody's going to be on Kansas State, and like I kind of like going against the grain on that. So I'm going to look, like right, look up morning. the money balance. If, on Sunday morning, if K State wins this game, Sunday morning Ari's going to be tweeting that two lost Texas is still a playoff team. That's that's, no, my, that's yeah. why I'm calling my shot. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know where we stand on. You're already USC. doing it with USC this week, so I, I could see I, you doing it with Texas. Don't. Here's the thing: the USC take. I don't think there's any chance they're going to do it. Like I think they stink. So like, Ari, I'm out. I wrote. A, Ari, I, I have wrote some bad the, news for you. Fifty-two percent money? of the money's on Texas. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> I'm still I'm 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 rolling with my guys. So um right. I think that's a a nice segue to another Big Twelve game because um it's the last bedlam for the foreseeable future, if ever. Sad. Um I didn't really like uh Mike Gundy's comments this week about how they don't it's not a rivalry the way it was before and stuff. It's just like, come on, show some respect to the last game here and and want to to grind 
their bones into the ground. Like I want Oklahoma State to want this game more than anybody wants a game this year because it's it's an important way to kind of de- depart here. And Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, who we thought for a while there um, was a complete dumpster fire this year, all of a sudden is playing very good football. And I think it's another testament to just the the amazing consistency that he has illustrated as Oklahoma State's coach. Oklahoma is coming off of a loss. Uh, Kansas, I don't think, is an embarrassing team to lose to anymore, but still a tough loss. Uh, Max, what's your take on this one here as we as we get going? All right, do you know that off the top of your head, Oklahoma's record against Gundy? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, based on that question, probably not as good as I would have thought. <laughs> no, 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 it's pretty good. It's pretty it's, lopsided, it's isn't it? It's 15-3 to three right now. Yeah, it's 15-3. Okay, three. okay. Um, yeah, but I was just know, trying to think the last time they won. I can't even remember the last time Oklahoma State won the 21. game. They beat 21. 21, which is one of the best games I've ever covered. Yeah, That was the yeah, Caleb Williams crying game. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that game. Yeah, I remember yeah, that, that game. That was the Lincoln-Riley left town guys, the next day Guys, I'm not going to LSU. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was the Lincoln-Riley's not taking LSU game. Um, I, I think, yeah, we had some epic games in 21, 18, 17. Um, I think that just, just covering OU last week against Kansas, I'll tell you what, guys, like, this OU fan base, I you get the sense they're very fed up with Jeff Lebby. And this is a very interesting spot for Jeff Lebby against Brian Nardo. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. Oklahoma State's uh, scoring offense, uh, top 10 nationally in, in the month of October uh, during this four-game win streak. There's a lot to like about Oklahoma State. Ollie Gordon has been ridiculous. Um, I'm still going with OU. Like it's just, it's just kind of been, even in the years when you feel like, oh, man, this is the year for Oklahoma State to get them. Um, they kind of, you know, shoot themselves in the foot and, and, and Oklahoma runs away with it. Like last year when OU was, was horrible, they still had no trouble putting away Oklahoma state. So I, I lean Sooners because there's just a lot of pressure on OU this week. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yeah, I mean, when Gundy has beaten Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma, Pretty much every time it has been because he's had the better team. Now, there was one game in like 05 where he didn't necessarily have a better team, but they don't really spring upsets on OU. And they've lost a lot of games when they have had a much better team to Oklahoma. They don't have a much better team here. Uh, Oklahoma's clearly a better team. Oklahoma State's been playing well. Um, but he, he, Gunny doesn't have the better team here, at least not clearly the better team. And, and Oklahoma will be focused. Like you said, San, uh, Max, I don't think like there's any shame in losing to Kansas, but that gets your attention. You're playing for your playoff life here, and even that, you might still need some help. Um, so you're going to get a focus, Oklahoma. The defense is good enough to slow down Ollie Gordon, and like the Cowboys will be a trendy upset pick, no question. 
But this rivalry, it does mean a lot to Venables. Why do you say gloss over the idea of like the defense is good enough to stop Ollie Gordon? Like why? Like I was watching the Kansas game last week and I felt like, oh, you couldn't like was not going to get a stop. Like, that's like the thing that's so crazy to me about Jason Bean running around, though. No, I know. I I mean, I'm not saying it's the same position, but I, I don't like the feeling of. When you're watching a game, knowing that the team is not going to be able to stop the opposition, no matter what they're doing, it's like, I think they do. That's what I'm saying. I think uh, so for me, OU gets the win and the cover here. I would, I'll lay the points for the season. Does Oklahoma state have the best player? Hmm. Is Stutzman going to be okay? Good good questions. These are good questions. Mixed things about him. I, I, you know, this is injuries in college football are always a little bit. Iffy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I don't think that Ollie Gordon is going to get stone like just get straight up like, oh, he's going to have like a 20 for 60 kind of game. Like, I think he's yeah. going to get his, but it's certainly going to be on Bowman. It's certainly going to be on Alan Bowman playing a really efficient game. And, uh, and that's and where we start getting nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'll tell you what. Kansas made a ton of mistakes last week and still was able to play with mm-hmm. Oklahoma till the end. So it's not. I don't think it's that tense for Oklahoma State that like, they're like one mistake away from this unraveling. But man, they got to play so clean in this game. Here's the thing too that I'm, I'm. If this game under the same circumstances were we playing were being played in the '90s or the '80s, I might feel a little bit differently about it because I. But do you feel like the players on the team at Oklahoma? I know the fans and the coach are are very bitterly disappointed um, in what's going on with the reorganization of sport and what Texas and Oklahoma did with the sec. I don't think the players get that mad about stuff like that. Like, I don't know if the players themselves have a burning desire to win this game because I just think they have TikTok and all the other things that they're concerned about. And it just doesn't, it doesn't it depends resonate. on the kid. It, it, I don't know the breakdown of Oklahoma's roster of Oklahoma kids versus Texas kids. It's, Usually it's like, what are uh, max? 65 I think Oklahoma's Texas? Oklahoma's, Roster, I think, has far less percentage points of Oklahoma kids on their roster than Oklahoma State, right? Uh, probably. Uh, Oklahoma State is more, definitely more, more Oklahoma, more yeah. in state, more in state. It yes. does mean a lot in the state. Now, in general, you know, I lived in Oklahoma City for like nine months. Uh, I've covered the Big Twelve for a long time. Like, Oklahoma State is probably fifteen to twenty percent of the fans in the state. Uh, there is a, definitely a big brother, little brother dynamic there. Uh, and going out, I mean, punching your big brother in the face before he goes out to college and you don't see him for four years, there's a welcoming to that. I, so it's going to be a tough atmosphere. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think I wouldn't say the whole roster is foaming at the mouth, you know, yeah. on both yeah, sides I, here. I, 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 like, a lot of guys, this picture does that. Matter. I think people want that to be the case, Dave. Go ahead, yeah. Max. There's a uh, lot of people that are, though. This offseason, we did have uh, a starter for Oklahoma State, Trace Ford, transfer to Oklahoma, and he, he is playing a lot for the Sooners. So you would think in the past, like, you know, big rivalries, that's, like, unthinkable, right? But I think you're there's, you're probably onto something there, Ari, that, like, to the players, it's not necessarily that deep, and there's not anybody necessarily, like, balling that they won't get to play Oklahoma next year. But I still think, like, Boone Pickens Stadium is going to be absolutely lit for this. Yeah, game. the fans I, will I can't bring it. See it. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. too, I'm going to lay the six because I just think Oklahoma is a better football team. Well, now but, I'm worried uh, if we're all three going to go with OU here. Yeah, we're going. I'm going OU as well. If it were like seven and a half, I might think about it. But like less than a touchdown, like you know, coming off say of a loss. Three quick things before we move along. One, Boone Pickens very underrated place to play. 
It's unbelievably close to the sidelines. The paddle people, it is loud in there. Yeah. Two, I'm disappointed that one, this game is not the end of the season, which it feels like there should be Big 12 or OU's Big yeah. 12 finale. And two, this game should be at night. It's 3.30. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, I don't love those things, but the game itself will be awesome. All right, let's segue into the next big game. The the game that, you know, I've got a feeling deep, deep in my plums <laughs> about. And if you haven't watched Eastbound and Down, East I don't know what you're incredible. doing. Uh, yeah, incredible show. Uh, Washington 8-0, 5-0, minus three at USC, 7-2, 5-1. USC is two successful two-point conversions away from being a four-loss team this year. Uh, to Cal and Arizona could have won uh, if had they had more functional two-point conversion attempts. God, USC stinks, but God, I just can't help but shake the notion Buddy, that they're going to win this We all weekend. see you buying the dip. We see what you're doing here. <laughs> Am I nuts to think, like, first of all, this spread is nothing. Three is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. USC's defense is pitiful. The team doesn't even look like they're functional, but like, is this the spot? Like, am I nuts? Does anybody buying it with me here? Well, like, is, is, here, here's the thing, Ari. Why the is the spread is three? Because we don't know what's going on with Washington. Okay, is there something weird that happened in the last two games in the Oregon game? But then since then, are they just getting a lot more too high safety looks? And like Arizona State gave teams a blueprint on how to stop them, and and people have better athletes in Arizona State. I, I don't really know it. That I don't know that I really buy that because they've been doing the same thing that they did last year, and we're still killing it. Um. Does Washington have the the longest hangover in college football history after the Oregon game? Were they overrated a little bit? I, I really don't know the answer to this, but I know that if you look at the totality of what we've seen from these teams, you cannot in good faith take USC. They have still maybe the worst vibes of any team we've seen. In, they in are like wild. number one in the in the college football bad vibe ranking for sure. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. The vibes coming yeah. out of there are just like. I don't want to be around that. Uh, so, no. I, well, I think I, you actually have but, to be a are, psychopath are, are, to play this. I think what you're hitting on, too, is that after they beat Oregon, there are a lot of people kind of like praising him as like, maybe this is the number one team in the country. And it's just been all grab ass since then. It has been all grab ass since then. I also think that USC has an offense in the right type of game that can keep up with Penix. Like, if they can get some stops. Now, that is where we get to a point where, you know, I'm a little bit uncertain. I... Don't love this. Like if you were, if I would have just like closed your eyes, we're not lines makers. Okay. We're not, you know, quant quants like the, our friends at the MGM. But if I would have just said before coming into the week, what is the line Washington at USC? Like, wouldn't it have been like seven? I would have said like nine, maybe, uh, maybe 10. Can, can I ask you guys, should the total be a hundred in this game? Like what, what do you think it actually should be? It is like, 76 and a going half. that way. If Washington had not done what they've done the last two weeks, we would have got into the 80s. I have no doubt about that. I, 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 like, if you look at Washington and their schedule, if they don't get got in this one, like, I think the road to 12-0 and 0 is really not that bad for them from here on mm-hmm. out, right? Um, so that almost, like, uh, it's a little bit tempting to go with USC. I kind of want to pick USC in this game, but, like, I think... We all know Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb are just going to put them through hell, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. this the the scoring defense in the month of October is is at forty three points per game. That's bottom five nationally. In case you didn't know, um, <laughs> I I like I kind of but the weird thing are is like I kind of wish the number were like six, and then I would be like on SC 
plus six, but like three's three's tough. Like I'm nervous. I won't be surprised (sighs) if this doesn't go the Huskies way, but you got to go Washington here. But the thing too, is this like Washington is getting negged a little bit for playing grab ass the last two weeks. Yeah. What the hell has USC been doing? Well, that's There is a world in which Washington wins this game like 56-27. Right. And it's right. like that. That's the, Don't that you just kind of like wish gambling was as simple world. as identifying which team was better and then picking them to win? <laughs> like, it's hard. Like, I just, there's something weird about this game yeah, that I just like, I, know. I, I feel like my brain is like Washington, Washington, Washington. Michael Penix is going to like, Ice his Heisman numbers on Saturday. Like, w- w- this is a terrible defense that can't stop anybody. Cal scored 49 points and almost <laughs> won by scoring 51. Correct. They were two Cal. yards away. From- Cal. Like, what are we talking about here? That said, I'm taking the points. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking Washington. I'm taking the points. Yeah. I, um, what can you do? Yeah, Matthew C. here is asking me, what stage of grief am I in? I'm in acceptance mode. Yeah, I, I got it. Like, listen. The, the thing checkbook that is, is tough, out. Let's be honest, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, The one good thing is that when I was a half a football away from catching that bat last year, I was with Andy. And Andy was talking to me about, okay, well, I'll pay you if they win tonight, but we're going to a nice steak dinner. Like, we're, we're going to live it up. Mm-hmm. Keep that energy when the money comes your way, pal. Like, I don't know. You're going to get me some sort of gift card or you're going to take me to dinner. Um, <laughs> it's it's a, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this a little bit too, but I think that there is... Little to zero chance that USC makes the playoff next year, too. I The thing that it really, really bothers me about this team is that I don't know if you can point and don't even just talk about this year or like what's happening on the field right now. What is the thing that USC is doing in any aspect of its program that makes you think I can grab onto that? They're going to be great. And if you would have asked me that I, or told me that I'm asking that question when the day after Lincoln got hired in year two in November. I would have been like, oh, what the hell is going on here? Like, I am worried about everything with that program. They're not recruiting at a high enough level. Um, Their defensive coordinator remains employed. I don't know what's going to happen after this year, but their defense is terrible. I don't know if they're bringing in enough talent to rectify that. And it's like, what's going to happen when their schedule is just Utah every week next year? All right. I I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to preach to you what you preach to yourself very often. Okay, and that is that stars matter, Ari. <laughs> and at the end of I the know. day, they're still the eighth most talented team in America. And as we look at it now, that would put them at yes, second in the Big Ten, behind only your beloved Ohio State Buckeyes. My beloved so- <laughs> Ohio State. I'm, I'm a Buckeye guy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying, and I and I on paper I agree with you, but also. Talent talks, and I you have, can figure out some schematic things. I think things look better in a hurry. I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to duck. I don't think – there is nuance to the Stars Matter discussion. <laughs> I don't know can we, if can the we clip players – Can we clip yes, just that one, Cam, yes, before yes, he keeps yes. going? There's nuance to the Stars Matter discussion? Okay, keep going. I have been concerned, and this isn't just now. This is like when Clay Helton was there because they still were in this – and they had one class that ranked like 76th. And I like to this day, don't even know how that's possible. If there, are, if the players in California who are ranked in the top 100 are as good as the players in Georgia who are ranked in the top 100, I have some questions about that. Yeah. It's a fair question. I also have some questions about their ability to evaluate 
there are a lot of players that are misranked, and I think USC might be recruiting more of them than others. So, like on paper, well, but they didn't do that. At, he didn't do that at OU. That wasn't happening. But there's no, there's no. What are we looking at here? We're looking at their, and, and here's another thing too, especially if you want to use these numbers in the Lincoln Riley era. If you get a bunch of five-star prospects at the receiver and the quarterback position and all of your linemen and defenders are at the bottom half of your classes and you do that four years in a row, you're going to have really good talent composite, but you're not going to have a well-constructed team. So, like, there are things yeah. about them that are are just – it's just concerning. And the thing that I will ask you both, and just tell me if I'm wrong about it, what are they doing right now from a recruiting, a talent accumulation, or a coaching standpoint that you think is the key to the future of this turnaround? Because I can't think of one thing that I would buy stock in tackle more this off season guys and mine the portal. Yeah. I'm sure they're pretty confident that in December they're going to do what they've done the last two years and load mm-hmm. up with a lot of guys that want to live in LA and make some money and, uh, and, and be on that platform. I hope you're right. I hope those players who are making the money help me keep mine. <laughs> so we'll see. All right. The next game that Dave and I were in a texting battle about yesterday Oh. And Dave is going to. Oh, I forgot to mention. Oh. Um, my the Texas game is my uh, trap game of the week. I, I should have mentioned that when we were talking about it. I don't know if that counts as a trap game of the week because they're. Actually I don't just, think so. But it that's really okay. doesn't. But it's yeah, my trap game of the week. Okay, <laughs> it's my pick, and it's like I'm calling it a trap for my own personal well being. Okay, so just accept it's my that. Trap you, you push I want it now. Yeah, we. You are <laughs> yeah. going to be in a one. glass case of emotion throughout yes. that game. <laughs> yes, uh, you're the one who's one. trapped. I'm nervous. Yeah, no, I'm I'm legitimately more locked in on that game than any other game of the weekend. Like just from a curiosity standpoint, cut the Texas bit. I don't care if they win or lose, but from a curiosity standpoint of is this a legitimate national championship yeah. contender or is this a team that fooled me is just inherently interesting. We can so find I'm out. excited to it's see. It's a big that. win if they can get out of there just with a victory, whatever it takes. That's yep. a huge win for Sark, huge. and that tells me a lot about the because you need everybody around Malik to step up. And if that happens, they can win that game. If it doesn't happen, they will lose. Savior Worthy is so good. He is. He is so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Georgia, at home, 8-0, 5-0 in SEC play, laying 15 and a half against Mizzou. Your beloved Mizzou Tigers, tomorrow <laughs> term, you went to school there. Dave is under this preconceived notion that pre- this is going oh, to... Oh, gosh. Here we go. You, you're go going ahead. to the game. Yes. You're going to Georgia this week, and in yeah. your heart, you think this is going to be a good game. This is what like, you guys it, were fighting about? Yes. No, and he goes, I think well, it can be. I before, think it's up to Georgia. Before the call started, or that we went live, Dave said something interesting. And he goes, oh. and I said, it's going to be really hard for you to write a good column if this is a blowout. I had a hard time in Jacksonville last week. And not to mm. mention there were four people there too, which makes it a little bit more difficult. But if Mizzou loses 52 to 10 or something, or mm-hmm. 
let's make it nicer, 34 to 10. You're going to have a hard time writing a column off of that. Game. I'll just send your column from last week through chat GPT, change a but couple then, of key phrases. And then you we're said, good to go, baby. <laughs> you said, but I haven't seen Georgia in person this year, and I think that will be valuable. Yes. Let me tell you, I saw them in person last week for the first time mm-hmm. this year. The podcast tenor reflected that. And I think yes. Mr. I'm taking the points is going to be in for a nice kick in the groin here. This is my <laughs> lock of the week. And it's just a personal lock of the week just because I think David is sipping the Kool-Aid. It's men versus boys, fast, faster versus fast, stronger versus strong. And it's going to happen again, bud. And your, th- well, your three-star offensive tackle who transferred in from a D2 school isn't going to be able to, to, to handle these guys. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I want to know if we you. can get – can we get focused Georgia two weeks in a row? This is you don't not think a they're going to be focused? Well, this is not a rivalry game. And does that little number next to Mizzou's name mean anything to Georgia? I don't really know. Yeah. But I think this game is up to Georgia because if Georgia Kirby's plays – Kirby yeah. is going to be telling his team that their quarterback <laughs> is the best in the SEC. Let's go wreck him. Yeah. There's I no think question. it's going to be eight. I'm going to say this 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Okay. Ooh. Right. This is a house money special here. All right. And and Mizzou and Eli Drinkwitz, they can let it rip. All right. So here's here's my question, Ari. And I think ultimately it just comes down to Georgia. Because Mizzou's going to do what Mizzou's going to do. They have good weapons. I think they can put some points on the board. Um Mizzou, if you want us, you know, label the fraudulent label based on their wins, okay. You have Kansas State that took a small miracle, but it's, you know, beyond that, there's not a ton to sort of write home it's about. It's not about fraudulent. It's not about fraudulent. I know, but my point is okay. our, that this game is up to Georgia, okay? If the game, if the Georgia are. that played against Auburn and South Carolina shows up, Mizzou can, and I would argue, will win this game. If Georgia plays a A-minus game, they will win and they might cover. If they play an A to A plus game, it could get ugly. Okay, hey, because they can win this game in the trenches. All right, you 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 were there last weekend, right? You saw mm-hmm. I assume Georgia sent the backups in in the fourth quarter, right? They're animals. Yeah. Would the backups win this game? <laughs> yeah. If they go second string this week, <laughs> would Georgia win? Well, it is a serious question that needs to be asked and in most years, I mean, I don't know. This this Georgia team is probably what 20% worse than last year's. I don't know uh, if you could put a number probably. on it. I'm 20%. So they don't maybe, wow you. Like, clearly, I think there's a case of them as the best team in the country, but you don't just watch them and you're like, oh my gosh. There were there were years when I was covering Ohio State, there were years where Alabama was great, where I think the twos on those teams could win their conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know about going undefeated, but they, they well, don't. What, what, what's the line? Is it like Georgia by one if it's all second string? Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's in Athens. I mean, I don't Ron know. Like, Griff, it's time to eat, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of those second stringers play a lot on the lines. That's the no, thing know, too I that know. people don't realize that you guys do, but people don't. Is I'm just yeah. I'm just haunting Dave. No, I I I'm with you on uh, George is going to cover this. I, I don't think there's t- the Tigers have a lot to prove. Not just mm-hmm. every single year the last few years during George's run. I there was a game. I think it was against Kentucky two years ago where Kentucky was five and zero coming into the game and they were getting like 18 points um, going into the game. And I remember Andy and I were on here talking about like, you know, Kentucky's finally the final version of itself and Georgia, you know, might look past them or whatever. And like, you know, I think the score was 24 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And I was like, what the hell are we doing here? And it's like that to me, like I, 
I would rather be wrong riding Georgia than pretending like the other team is physically <laughs> equipped to compete. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend. 15 points is a lot, Ari. It's not that many when a team too. gets rolling. Let me tell you. Ask Florida how much it was. I will say, if you want to go like half full here on Missouri for a sec, with the exception of the LSU game where they gave up 49, they felt everybody else under 30. So it's like, yeah. could you... I'm not saying it's like moral victory here, but I'm just saying like, could this be a game where it's like, oh, we're only down 10 going into the fourth and it's like not, not impossible. We could make this interesting. Mm-hmm. And if they are down by 10 going into the fourth, they still might not cover like that. Like the best case scenario for them is to be within two scores or a score going into the fourth. And then it's still like, I mean, if it's 10 the, points going into the fourth, Ari's got his phone in his hand and he's putting some, he's making moves. Money I, would yeah, like no. to, I would like to know more. <laughs> I honestly, I, 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 I'm not really sure the answer to this question. I would like to know more about the Auburn and the, uh, and the South Carolina games. Like, what was there something schematically that that put them in sort of a tizzy? Is there was it an effort thing? I, I'd be curious. If did you, you watch the Sarum, South Carolina game though? I did, and it just looked weird. Georgia had no sense of like offensively, kind of what they were doing. Defense they basically they like just terrible, ripped their like, heart out in the second half again. Like it's it's the well, same yeah, story. Yeah, if you pitch a second half shutout in that situation, you know it is. What yeah, it didn't is. they win? I think they came close to covering the original 14. spread. Didn't they? they didn't cover no. But oh they, no, okay. I think they were. One they were down fourteen to seven at halftime. Fourteen and then Georgia was like fourteen three. Fourteen three at halftime, and then Georgia's like, okay, we're gonna play our football, and then South Carolina, like when Georgia is playing its best game, the other team can't do anything. Now that's true. Like that's I the think thing. That's like, true. like when that's happening, like is are we going to see a game where Mizzou just can't? Like Luther Burden's really good. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an NFL player for a very long time. That's not enough. I mean, you, you you need more than a really good receiver. You know, wasn't Mizzou like clamoring to have their quarterback benched like a month ago? They're going well, to Stanford, you and you're not going to lay the fifteen. Ari, yeah. you should read. You should read the story on the Athletic about Missouri to learn the behind the scenes situation for that. I wrote about um, it. You did. I don't read your stories, dude. I can't handle it. You, I, know, you Ari, cook, I know. You cook your food in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody knows, uh, after true. the show's over, Dave has to go to the melting pot to get his credit card because he left it there when he went to the melting pot. So he remembered <laughs> to bring home the raw meat, but he we, left the credit card. Priorities. We know, we, we know what he's really doing. He's going during off hours to see how much raw meat he can buy. <laughs> yeah, you could go into the back room and buy it before they cook it, right? If just I take did it out order there some, and if I said, hey, you got a half pound of filet mignon and took it back, you know I could probably swing that, right? I probably he's, could. He's, he's winking at the waiter. He's saying, how's the filet looking today? Can I just guess, go can I guess to the grocery store? Look at that marbling. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave is the guy who goes give, to a high-end restaurant where they your, let you pick give, your steak out. Give me your most scalding pot it. of liquid to dip this in now. <laughs> You know, have you ever been to like a place? Does Ruth Chris do this where they like show you your meat and you get to pick out your cut? On the board uh, and they put it I maybe I haven't been to Ruth Chris. I've only been. Would to you like just take it home? There, no, they've got better means to cook it. <laughs> so you're just sitting in your kitchen cooking your raw meat last weekend, and you didn't have your credit card. I just picture Dave standing like over his stove, wearing a wife beater, flipping over his <laughs> meat without his credit card at home. It's like you know priorities. <laughs> Well, we went on we went on Friday night, and then Saturday I was at home watching games, and then Sunday I can't remember what we did. I think I maybe figured it out after church, but I figured out. But the problem is that we live not very close to downtown, and so I haven't. And they don't open most of the time until like late afternoon, and we have a baby, and like I'm, you know, 
So like I'm I, getting to downtown, like making that trip at night is like very inconvenient. Could have just so canceled the card and gotten a new one, and it would have been mailed faster than this is taking you. I'm not gonna do that. It does feel like an RE move though? I what about does, you? That's definitely well, an RE move. I have a, I have a credit card that one of the services is. If you lose your card, they like ship you a new one very quickly. Mm-hmm. So like I, if I leave my card in a bar, um, I just don't go back. <laughs> but it is a pain in the ass to like retype all your numbers in and stuff to all yes, the places. On, it's a I, like, problem. Yeah. That is, um, that's so my nightmare. Max, are you on Mizzou? Are you taking Mizzou here, Dave? No, no, no. I'm. Uh, I'll I'll take Mizzou here just for the, okay. Just yeah, for the sake of psychopath, I think so. you're with me though, right, Max? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Are you are you doing a first half one here? Are you getting any action? I'm gonna numbers? I'm gonna do first quarter. I think I'm yeah. gonna do first quarter. I'm gonna do first half. I'm gonna do game. I'm gonna do everything. And then if can Mizzou you, are, happens, can you to bet s- the first quarter line after the coin toss? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. Well, because like, I, or if you do the to- odds, the odds are very skewed. So it might be like minus one ten yeah. before the game. You're gonna get some like first- incredible number for like twenty and a half in the first <laughs> quarter, and the, and it's gonna. Hit. Well, I think like if the first like, quarter Florida line might only like be like three. Yeah. If you could script it up, I mean, Florida looked Florida cut through Georgia pretty quickly on their first drive, and I wonder if Mizzou would do something similar. We'll see. Um, also, too, if the first quarter bet loses, then you can bet live and get a better number in. Uh, I <laughs> they were giving away free money at the uh, in Jacksonville last weekend. Let's put it that way. That, that's the thing the, you should be excited about, Dave. Is Ari losing money on the Tigers multiple <laughs> times throughout the game? That's on the table. Listen. If Mizzou wins this game, the Saturday night show is going to be must watch, must yeah. watch uh, television because it, and, it, and we're going to be it talking be hilarious. I mean, we're going to be talking CFP Mizzou. You know what I mean? I love it when Shoot Georgia him into gets the down. Top four, just like that. I love it <laughs> when Georgia gets down, like when they were four down fourteen three against South Carolina. Like that was two weeks of daycare we got. You know, it's like they're just handing it out. You know, it's just like here, <laughs> take it. All you got to do is bend over and pick it up, guys. It's super simple. <laughs> But um, the last time Missouri uh, beat Georgia was in 2013. Uh, I don't know if that stat really matters because we're in a position now where the teams are built differently. You know, here's the thing I, w- I want to say because I have been like Georgia, Georgia, Georgia all last week and seeing them in person. I think that we should take at least a second to um, give Mizzou its flowers for what it's done this year. Um, Mizzou. I, I was talking to Dave about this game over text and I was like, I looked up the composite rankings and it came up at like 53 or something. <laughs> Remember? And I freaked out. And I was like, what is that? Like I had no idea. And then I realized I was looking at the 2020 composite and then they're actually in the top 25 now. So that's, yeah. I think a statistical of illustration of what Eli has done in terms of building the roster. So regardless of whether or not they win this game or even competitive in this game, competitive in this game, um, that's not the metric in which we're going to judge Mizzou's season by, and I think they've already kind of exceeded expectations in a way um, that deserves praise, and I want to do that. So, fair enough. Big, that's nice big breakthrough right. season. They've guaranteed themselves a winning season, which Eli has not had yet. At Guys, we have such a good weekend then, of football. And then if they – I mean, if, if Missouri just, like, wins on a field goal, like, do you think that they can, like, box out Georgia and, and like, run the, run the rest of the way? Like, they've, there's still some tough ones well, left. Well – I mean, yeah, they have a tough schedule. You got to get past Tennessee. You got past Florida still, I think. Yes, and then they have Arkansas. Who we'll see what Arkansas is in a month. You know, you fired the OC. Arkansas played way below its talent level so yeah. far. So we'll. But see. Mizzou, go, um, Mizzou goes out and beats Georgia this weekend somehow in some fairy tale Star Wars right, screenplay. Right. We talking top four CFP team in the rankings, right? 
Uh, I don't think they'll get that high. I because think they're not get to like they're six. not undefeated. Yeah, they'll get top six. But they're like right there with Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would put them ahead of Oregon. Right there with Oregon. It would help them a lot if K State would beat Texas because if K State beats Texas, then they'd have two top ten wins. Good point. So yeah, that would put them as the highest ranked one loss team. And uh, if Mizzou won the national championship, that would be the single most banana land result in college football of my lifetime. I mean, it almost happened in our lifetime, Ari. They were knocking on the door. No, I'm saying like with the way that the sport is built now, oh, it's yeah, a much a different bit. sport than it was when we were kids. It's not the, there's no the well, parody that more, it, we're talking about 2007. That's not that long ago. I know, but I think that we could probably start looking at like 2013, 14 when the rankings just kind of started, you know, stacking the deck in a way that it wasn't stacked before. So, mm-hmm. okay, guys. Well, how about another game when it comes to a ton of talent and the bangers that, this week? Yeah, there, it. yeah, it was a great, a lot great weekend. Football. I'm looking at the list here, and I'm like, damn. Um, Alabama seven and one, uh, five and zero oh in SEC play. There are only losses to Texas. Uh, playing LSU, uh, Dave's preseason national champion. <laughs> still hope, <laughs> still hope. You never know. Um, but the run we're starts. We're gonna find out like this week who is probably gonna be representing that side of the SEC in Atlanta. Maybe I don't. Is Alabama, yeah. if Alabama comes out and rocks the rocks the boat here a little bit and wins by a pretty good margin, like do we start yeah. Yeah. reconsidering yeah. Alabama's? Because we don't talk about them in the national championship context at all. Like, what does Alabama have to do to get back into that context? Because they're sitting there with a really talented team, just like waiting in the wings. No one's talking about them, and it's like rivalry game. I think people. You know, I think people. Just, I, I think it's similar to the Ohio State thing, in which everybody's like. They see Ohio State at number one this week, and they're like, okay, like, we get it, but also, like, let's get it moving. <laughs> like, I think it, it, nobody thinks they can beat Georgia, and I think with Ohio State, it's the same thing. Nobody thinks they can beat Michigan. So when you have this, like, roadblock at the end of the road, they're like, okay, it's like, you guys, you know, congrats and all that stuff. Now, certainly, I think the chances of Alabama beating Georgia are much higher than Ohio State beating Michigan, but... I think that's I think that's a lot of why the conversation on Alabama is was and the fact that Alabama we want to talk game control they've had very little of it this year and that that's a factor too they've had to you know they're down double digits to Tennessee uh, they're messing around with South Florida uh, you know obviously the Texas loss they just got straight up beat A uh, and M A and M does some weird stuff and has you know field goal blocked and like they probably could have won that game like Alabama they've come on strong in the second half. But they've played enough bad football and shown people enough bad football where people don't really take them very seriously. Hmm. Uh, I think Alabama is going to win this football game. Uh, I I think that they are going to reassert themselves as a hmm. dominant fixture in the sport. Um, there are two teams in college football that I think can line up and physically handle playing against Georgia, and Alabama is one of them. And I think the cream is going to rise back to the top. And even though they've been dysfunctional on offense at times, their uh, quarterback competition was very weird. I think that we might have gone to bed on them a little bit too early. And I think this is the weekend that we start to remember what that was all about. So if right, Alabama, I got a, I got a stat for you. Let's hear it. LSU's defensive front has Harold Perkins, has mm-hmm. Makai Wingo, has Mason Smith. Who do 
you think has more tackles for loss this season between LSU and the fighting Coach Primes, the Colorado Buffaloes? By the way, Mikai Wingo's out. Okay. Keep going. Oh. Uh, I'm kind of caught off guard by the Colorado stuff. Uh, I guess Colorado <laughs> then? <laughs> Colorado has more tackles for loss this season than LSU. Yeah, have they figured out how to use Harold Perkins yet, or is that still kind of happening? They've been moving him around. It's not a lot okay. of the coverage stuff. They've been moving him around. Ultimately, I'm just I'm a little confused because I can see a, a situation where Jaden Daniels just throws LSU and they win this ball game. But I think the more likely scenario is Alabama might have the best defense in the country, and I think Jalen Milrow against this LSU secondary, they'll be able to run the ball. I I kind of with you, Arya. I think Alabama flexes here. I think they win by double digits. Yeah, I I got another stat for you here. Jalen Milrow is up to ninth in the country in sacks, which is with twenty nine, which is still ten less than Shadur Sanders. So he's not quite. <laughs> but Shadur is just padding his stats. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> his completion percentage I, stats. <laughs> and there's a there's a part of me that's like similar to Texas, where it's kind of like it worries you a little bit that like they can they could get to Jalen Milrow on some important downs here with, with just for some misses and mistakes and stuff like that. I, I don't I, I think Nick Saban has an extreme amount of respect for Jaden Daniels, and I kind of don't love on the LSU side that Alabama has like had two weeks to figure this out too with mm-hmm. a, with an idle week. You know what I mean? And I think that's the neutralizing Jaden Daniels, who's been unbelievable. He's been a seventy six percent passer in SEC play this year, twenty to three touchdown to turnover. Like he's this is like a Heisman stage type of moment for him in terms of being a finalist, maybe being a contender to win it. Um, and I can't. I think that quarterback battle is going to be electric, but Golly, I it's hard to bet against Saban in this spot. Uh, as much as really good. as much as like in last year's game, you know, Jane Daniels pass and run. He had the ball 50 times last year. Like there, there needs to be a little bit more balance to not wear him out as good as he was last year against Alabama. But I I like I think he could do something really special in this game, but I, I just can't really bet against Saban in this one. Yeah. Um, Milrow in his last three games, 779 passing yards, seven touchdowns, two picks. Jaden Daniels in the last three, 993 yards, 11 touchdowns and an interception, which is why I think uh, he's like the third highest odds favorite to win the Heisman this year, which usually when teams have two losses in November, that's not usually the case with the quarterback position. And I think Logan Diggs coming on has been really good for LSU too to balance it Mm -hmm. out a little bit. He's rushed for over 90 yards in their last four SEC games, but Dave mentioned it like the LSU secondary is a huge problem for this game because that's, that's, Look, Alabama is not going to kill you on some of the intermediate stuff, but they are going to chuck it on the secondary. Yes. All right. So you want to bet Jalen Milrow passing yards over? That's your bet for this game. It's going to get explosive. Yes, that's for sure. There are just times where Jalen will just throw a ball, and I'll just be like, "Holy crap, that was amazing!" (laughs) Chuck it deep. Chuck it it deep, and that goes (laughs) to the next game, Penn State. (laughs) Uh, I didn't want to do Penn State next, but if you yell Chuck it deep, then I just kind of have to. It's like you know, yelling Candyman into the freaking mirror. (laughs) Candyman, 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 Chuck it deep, Chuck Chuck it deep. Say Chuck it deep three times fast. Chuck it deep, Chuck it deep, Chuck it deep. They're laying um, eight and a half on the road at Maryland. Maryland had an awful loss last week, Um, truly awful loss. Um, but it's the week before the Michigan game. Penn State is a few weeks removed from the Ohio State uh, loss. They played grab ass for quite a bit. They could have potentially even lost to Indiana if Indiana's coach was interested in trying to win the game, but he wasn't. So 
Um, that's been a pretty consistent criticism, I think, of Tom Allen here when he plays really good teams. But um, where are we at with Penn State? Is this a team that you think can, you know, flex its muscles against Maryland on the road and make next week's game against Michigan a little bit more interesting? I like James Franklin as a coach. I think last week I'm going to say is a wake up call. Uh, and I think Maryland's a good team, but Penn State still has probably a top five defense. I think they prove it in this game. Get enough production to cover. So I'm going to lay the points here. Makes me nervous. This line has moved like a point and a half since Monday. Uh, so I'm not feeling great about that. Uh, but Penn State is still really good. I think the combination of the last two weeks, they're probably undervalued in the public side because they look like they couldn't beat Ohio State. And they go toe-to-toe with a pretty bad Indiana team. Um, but I, I, I don't know how much I don't know how much people were paying attention to Maryland last week. Uh, against Northwestern. It just looked like they just had no interest in playing. And I, it was a very I, bizarre game. I was watching it. I very, watched a lot of it um, for no particular reason, and I thought it was just bizarre. Like, I, it didn't look like they – it looked like a team that didn't practice yet mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know. It's weird. Max? I – I don't know if you guys caught this, but James Franklin did get a little little ranty this week with his his local reporters acting like, you know, Penn State is the only team in America that gets uh, harshly held accountable by their media for close wins. Um, that kind of stuff kind of makes me feel like this is a little little trappy, a little bit of a humbler, a little bit. But guys, mm-hmm. like, let's get another drop going for Maryland here. Can I, Cam, can I get a Kenny Loggins Danger Zone drop? Because you, you look, go look at their schedule. We are like this is backs against the wall week for the Terps, but like there's no question what they've got coming up after this. They started five and zero. Here's what they got coming up: Penn State at Nebraska, Michigan at Rutgers. Like five and zero to five and seven is like possibly on the table for this Maryland team. Like this would be the week of like, like look alive. Like let's look <laughs> like this is a. <laughs> do something kind of week. Like they are in the danger zone here and they have got to show up in this game. I look at Penn state's schedule and you know, they scored 63 against UMass. They scored 63 against Delaware. They oh. did put up 38 against uh, West Virginia, but for the most part, um, they haven't really been overly explosive offensively in a way that they flex their muscles against other power five opponents. And like Maryland can score. Like if they if they look alive, they can score. Can they score against Penn State? I don't know. Okay, I mean, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay. The you're playing. You're playing close with Illinois and Northwestern. I just like, like have that a really hard time confidence right now. Just laying multiple scores on the road. It's just yeah. a hard I get where you're coming from, but I just think this Penn is a State no bet game. Down. I would never play this game in a yeah, years in real life. I'll, I'll have um, Penn State covering, but I'm not touching it. Yeah, I'll I'll take Penn State. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go Maryland just to be different. I, I think that two and a half or two scores for Penn state on the road against a team that has kind of fighting for its humility, like his, its image. Mm-hmm. Like this is a big game for Loxley. I think Maryland will be able to get points. This kind of strikes me as like a 31 to 24, 31 to 22 type game. Maybe, you I, know, Maryland is not scoring more than 20 points this game. Are no. no, my advice to Penn state cam I think you know what my advice to Penn State is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, since you talked about uh, coaches, Max, uh, who get a little bit in their feelings, I think this is a nice little segue because I haven't we haven't talked about this on the pod yet. Um, I've been asked on like nine radio appearances, but 
not on the show yet, but uh, Dabo Sweeney's rant this week to the caller. And like people think that I'm a Clemson hater. I think people are going to be surprised by my takeaway from this. But if you were living under a rock this week, a caller called in to a radio show. This is the Notre Dame Clemson preview here. We have him on the Notre show. Dame. Tyler from Spartanburg's here, isn't he? Yeah. He's coming. He's joining us for this segment. <laughs> hey, do, can you, you know when like when everyone started going through the records to see if Connor Stallion showed up at the games? Can we go through our records? Has Tyler from Spartanburg called in to Sunday Sound Off at one point? Because <laughs> we got to get him on. We got to get this dude on. I will say that was a pretty disc. He called into a radio show. He threw Dabo's salary in his face and then started talking about Jesus Christ. I didn't really know where he was headed in the in the question, but Dabo went a five minute rant about people not being grateful and lack of gratefulness uh, outweighing. What was it like expectations and great? It was, it was long. No, we have we have not enough appreciation. We have too much. Not enough appreciation and expectation. Which- right. Shockingly, is not a Deion Sanders line. That is <laughs> Notre Dame has been blowing the doors off of people. Uh, they're laying three on the road against a Clemson team that clearly isn't having a very good year. But first, I wanted to ask both of you, like, what your actual thoughts were of um, the rant. It doesn't matter if you have the facts on your side. You look small. You are making eleven and a half million dollars, and. Shout out to the producer who probably should have cut that show, cut that off because you kind of put your coach in a tough spot who you already know might have a little bit of a a, a trigger that if he's being trolled for two and a half minutes, it, he might fire. So that's it's kind of on the producer. But like if you're Dabo, even if you have the facts on your side. It's just not a great look. It's not a great look when you're congratulating yourself for having children as part of your rant, which I don't know what the percentage of workload Congrats is. Congrats on, on the that. sex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the percentage of workload is on those two things. It's like, okay. Like, so yeah, Tyler stepped across the line, obviously, but and it was like very personal. But like he's just a caller. You're the most public person in the state of South Carolina. You've a very accomplished coach. I get that it is what it is, but you just kind of have to be like, all right, Tyler, thanks for calling. Appreciate your support. We're going to try to get it right this Saturday and keep it moving. I, I, the facts of the case are sort of irrelevant to me. It says to me that if you're if somebody's getting get under your skin, it doesn't tell me. Oh, he cares. Of course he cares. But it just like it just it's it's not becoming of a coach. I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, due to me spending my whole week down the Michigan rabbit hole, I had not actually listened to the clip until like an hour ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I've so seen you, this is lunch for you then. Lots, lots of group text conversation about it. I see it, but I, I have not engaged in the audio and I actually haven't heard the question. How bad was the question? It the was question really kind of rambled. It was like it went off. It was it was somewhat disrespectful, but then he yeah. after it was disrespectful, tried to walk it back. And like I, I didn't really okay. know if he the caller didn't come in like choosing violence, I don't think. I just think it got away from him a little bit. Okay. I think All he right. I don't know. It felt like he had some notes and then he went off script a little bit. And then he was like attacking Dabo's like faith, and then like you make did he attack Dabo's faith? He goes, I thought I know you're a man of the of the Lord. I, I, it was like it was a convoluted question. Uh, mm. He let's just say my guy John Sawatsky, Tyler could use some interview, some interview help from our guy. I mean, John it wasn't Sawatsky. like he got onto the radio show and said, "Hey, you make eleven and a half million dollars. Why the hell do we have four losses? This is unexcusable." Like it was like a long, yeah, yellow brick was, road yeah, of incohesion okay. before so we got I, to the word so we like, were, but. Yeah, so like I, you know, I, I'm nothing. Dabo said was inaccurate, except for the congratulating himself on being a father. 
Mm. But like, but like, you know, he said he's never, eh. he's never he's done never failed anything in anything. his life that he's ever failed at, which, mm. but Max, actually so more true than I think, I think listening to it, I would say on both ends of it, like, you know, maybe, maybe treat people with kindness. That's probably a good way to go in this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm always kind of amazed. Like, I know it's a trap, obviously, when you do the call in show and you know, like, and look, if, if these kinds of people are like going to say the stuff on the message boards, like so, some of them should call on in and try it, try it and see if it works. You know what I mean? Like, I think <laughs> good, good luck to you on that. But like, I think doesn't play well, obviously. And I feel like what you don't want to hear is like this kind of stuff that leads a coach to get like so dug in that it's there's, un, you know, you're unwilling to change. And I don't think Dabo is unwilling to change. But it would be nice in that five minute like rant to hear one little like drop of like, oh, and by the way, like we're going to fix some stuff this offseason. We're maybe going to take a different approach on some of these things right. this offseason. Like instead of cook. instead of you need to have gratitude for everything I've given you in life. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like and I'm not saying it, it should be like, what have you done for me lately? I, I, I get that point of view, but just to like a little bit of like, yes, I know it's bad. And I'm already thinking about how to fix it. Actually, would probably go along. Yeah, way. right, right. And I and I think it's worth noting also. I'm not a scholar on coaches' shows. I've listened to my fair share. Uh, we wrote a story about it a couple of years ago. I think it was Grace that did that. I for, forgive me if I don't remember who did the story. But it was a very good story. But that was probably barely in the top five percent of rudest callers. It was not that crazy. Like we had a we had a fan in person stand up and point at Jimbo when there were rumors he was going to A&M at the Florida State coaches. They would say, where is your loyalty? <laughs> As though he had pledged a blood oath to coach the Seminoles forever. And then we had, you know, I had to, when I was covering Tennessee, I listened to Jeremy Pruitt's radio show, which he was actually much better in those settings. But somebody asked him when he was going to, uh, I believe the quote was, take his, ba- take his ass back to Alabama where he came from. Like... It just is what it is. I think the concept of coaches shows is kind of hilarious that we're still doing them, that these people have to sort of be tarred and feathered when they start losing games and then have people sort of bow at their feet when they're winning games. But, you know, it's so, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, I don't know how you can like get mad at the producer for that. Cause like if I called into a show and I wanted the scorch earth, I'd be like, Hey, I'm just calling to see how the punting is coming along. And then I would get on the radio and just go nuts. So Sure. Maybe cut sure. the call, but I don't know how a pro- I've always wondered, like, how is a producer supposed to know when someone's going to go rogue? But here's my well, thing. Well, it was lengthy. At some point, you can get in there. Yeah. I agree with everything that you two just said. And Max, I think that the point that you made about, hey, we're going to get in there. and fi- I think that is a really apt point. I think that that's good. That said. You know, I've said a lot of negative things about Clemson on this show for the past two or three years. And I like actually like to think that I kind and I don't of saw see you calling in, Ari. Like but, you know, but the thing that I wanted <laughs> what, to say is, I actually respect the hell out of Dabo Sweeney and what he's done there. If you think about how many coaches have been hired in this sport in the last ten years to coach good programs who have failed to make their places elite, it kind of reminds you of just how brilliant the coaching job that he has done is. I also think if you go back and you look at his background as a coach that he did this the right long way. And I think that like, that's part of the reason why he's so messed up with NIL is because he looks at his own experience of, I'm going to, I'm going to start as an intern and work my way up the ladder to my money. But he did do that. 
So to call in and throw his salary in his face is a complete and utter lack of, of, or it's disregarding everything that he's done in his career. It's not like they're just handing him $11.5 million. He's being compensated $11.5 million because he built the program. It's not just to win a game every week. It's Clemson is a much better and different place now than it was before he became the head coach. That's what he's being paid for. Um, so I understand as a man, if somebody's going to attack your work, your life's work, that that might get you in a tizzy. And as somebody who admittedly gets too far down the rabbit hole um, on Twitter with people who criticize me and what the athletic is doing, like I understand the, you know, lions don't care about the opinions of sheep, but this is a man calling in, talking to another man, having a conversation who is disrespectful. And I can understand how somebody in Dabo Sweeney's position could react that way. So do I think I would have done that? I like to say no, but probably would have. Like I get really wound up about dumb callers. Or I mean, uh, dumb Definitely. comments and yeah. people on Twitter. Like I'm not above that. Um, and I and I just feel like I sympathize with him a little bit. That said, the tenor of the call made me feel like Clemson's in trouble. So like it's a no win scenario. It's like okay, well, this is a desperate man who feels it's slipping through his fingertips and quoting his record eight years ago. I don't want to hear about how good you were in 2017. I want to hear about how good you're going to be next year, which, which brings us back to the point that you made. So I kind of was 50, 50 on it of like, I can sympathize with Dabo Sweeney because he earned that money. Pay that guy. He earned it. Correct. Um, Correct. On the other hand, and on the other hand, you, can't, you also it. can't respond to every, you also can't respond to every loss by saying you people are part of the problem. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's a give and take to that, but I'm, I'm generally, I agree. Yeah. Okay. And I will say just as a, as a big picture comment, if you're a winning coach at a big program, you're underpaid. If you're losing games at a big program, you're grossly overpaid. And the thing that is, is <laughs> tough about Clemson is. is the lack of portal activity and the lack of recruiting at the baseline level that made Clemson what it was during that Trevor Lawrence to Sean Watson run. You can make the case that Dabo Sweeney, and I have many times, is not doing what he is being paid for if he's not going to engage in the full spirit of the game and how you uh, – uh, fill out your roster. If you don't want to engage in that, then you are in a position that you're no longer serving the right way. You're not serving the players on your team. You're not serving the fans. You're not serving the university. You've got to do everything in your power to put as many good players on your team, whether it comes from high school or the portal. And I know that you like to promote within and like to see other people follow in your footsteps of how you built your career and your empire, but you're the coach of Clemson. If you are not engaging in the portal to the fullest extent, you are not doing your job, which by which you're paying eleven and a half million dollars a year to do. So there is it's a very complex situation. That said, I'm not going to dunk on the guy for reacting the way that he did, because if somebody after 30 years of journalism or whatever, and all the awards were on the on my wall, said that I'm a hack and they called in and everybody was listening to it, I might react in a similar fashion because just be respectful, you know. It's not like the guy's not trying, you know, I don't know. By the way, That's we, haven't, we haven't touched the game. It is actually hard for me to conceive the idea of Clemson being four and five. It, it is. I'm not saying Clemson will win this Except game, but like that's on paper. That, I agree with considering you. Considering people were picking them for the CFP at the start of the year. Like that is wild yeah. to actually think about that. We're in this spot right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have watched Clemson this year and they're going to lose this game by double digits. Hmm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is like Notre Dame is like a one foot away from being in the top conversation of the playoff. And yes. maybe Notre Dame is just like 
really good. I don't know. 33-20 game I against think they're Louisville. very good. They're just a really good football team. Um, and Clemson's just not, you know, and I know it's on the road. Yeah. And I'm with you, Max. Like, I thought they were going to win the ACC this year. They are a top five of the talent composite. Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. but it just isn't working there right now. And I have a hard time. Like, I don't know. If Clemson that played Florida State shows up, they could win. Good. Let Garrett cook. Let Garrett cook. But I'll take Notre Dame. But yeah, I yeah. think we're all on Notre Crazy. Dame. But I, I think that I don't think it's going to be a, a walk in the park the way that Dave does. No, um, I think it, no. it's going to be something. Okay, so guys, this is what happens when the three of us get together. It's just us girls. We're talking. It's a, we're an hour and ten in. <laughs> um, so we're going to just do speed <laughs> round yourselves. here. Um, yep. Ole Miss seven and one uh, against Texas A and M five and three. It's a noon kick. The uh, this is I don't know. Are we on Jimbo watch here? Uh, I, I'll believe it when I see it. The line the is three. Thing. I know the line is three. Uh, Ole Miss is seven and one. They're having a really good year. Over under is fifty three and a half. Um, just real quick, quick. What do you think? I think this would be damaging for Jimbo Fisher for sure if they lose this game. Did you see? Did you guys see what the, some of the stuff Lane said this week? It's very funny. <laughs> he said AM's the most talented five and three ever five and three team ever. He congratulated the group that collected their players. Um, this is uh, but if you're laying, here's my question to you guys, okay? If you're laying, would you rather beat Jimbo for a third year in a row? Or would you rather let him get this one to ensure he's back next year? Because I don't know if you're Lane Kiffin. I know you love to poke the bear. Does he actually want a better head coach in College Station who will maximize that talent? I yeah. think there's no way he wants that. Uh, the thing is interesting is that if they do go in and get like a really good coach from somewhere, and he has all these players that at his would disposal, scare the hell out of Lane. Like Kiffin. They've been doing that for a decade. No, I know, though. but I'm saying they, they theoretically oh, could win a national title in two years. Like they they have I'm the saying, pieces to do. If you're Lane it. Kiffin, I mean, you're, right. you're shouting extend Jimbo Fisher. Why is he always poking? That's what you're, I love it. I love it. I love that he pokes the bear. We all love it. I don't know why he does it though. I think that's just who he is. I will say Lane's very good at beating teams. He should beat. They should beat the Aggies. They will. I got a And M plus three. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I always feel like I want to buy in on Ole Miss, and like every year, it kind of feels like they're in this like. Six and one, five and one, seven and one range, and then they disappoint me. Um, I'm gonna go Ole Miss because it's at home, but I would not like it if it were on the road. So hopefully they don't disappoint me again. All right, Kansas six and two, plus two and a half at Iowa State, five and three, four and one, over under uh, fifty four and a half. This Kansas doesn't Kansas control its own destiny? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it's no, close because there's five teams with yeah. one loss. Yeah, and they have a loss. Uh, to all right. I know you don't believe in fishy lines. Mm-mm. This one doesn't really make sense to me. And here's what also doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Kansas is hot. Public should be all over them. I mm. looked up 93% of bets were on Iowa State in this game. Ooh. What? Where do you Ooh. get? Where are you looking at that? Sometimes I feel like you're wrong uh, when you say that. Action Network has data on bets. Okay. So that's where you're getting. That's when you say that. Yes. Okay. Uh, Kansas, man. I like Kansas, Kansas, too. And Jalen Daniels is not necessarily out. I don't think we'll see him. He dressed last week. I don't think he's going to play. Also, Bean is really fun to watch. Kansas. I think. Well, fun to watch and good are two different things, but he's (laughs) capable of winning this game and capable of. So I I take the Kansas money. The game's at night. Just so you know. I don't know. 
Yeah, here we go. Thanks, I, there, there was some hope that Jalen Daniels would be back for this game. I think this this back injury is is no joke, and I think they're mm-hmm. they're waiting until he's actually ready. Um, Kansas is this is a big spot for them because they, they you know you go back to year one they beat Texas they went zero and two after that last year they beat Oklahoma State to clinch bowl eligibility they went zero and four after that like they've got to be better after big wins. Um, and it, I'm I'm a little it's interesting that Vegas is like all over this right yeah like you would think that they were laying yeah um, fishy. This was a weird, weird game last year. Iowa State should have won, missed three field goals. Their defense has been really good. Um, Iowa State's also kind of in a sneaky, interesting position here, too. If they win this game, they've got a road trip to BYU, and then it's Texas and Ames, and then they go to K-State. Like, it's not just about clinching a bowl for them, but, like, they got a chance to, like, kind of make this interesting. I think I'm going to take KU plus two and a half because I think it's going to be – but I think it could be like a one-point game. I, I think this actually yeah. could be pretty close. Max, do you believe in Iowa State? They're in that five-team tie, and like I couldn't believe it last week because I'm like, I don't remember Iowa State doing anything this whole year. They, and then I'm looking at the Big 12 standings, and I'm like, sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, you're not the only one who left them for dead at one and two. A lot of people <laughs> yeah. did and kind of just yeah. stopped paying attention and assumed this gambling thing was going to wreck them and they'd probably go, you know, th- win three, four games or whatever. They've really turned it around. They really like Rocco Beck at quarterback. Um, the defense is is what it's been for the past few years. It's it's been really, really good. Gives them a chance. Um, and they're they're just they're just winning tough games. So wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State pulled this out. Um, I think it's going to be things to be really close. I'll, I'll go KU plus two and a half, but just because I that that number is tempting. Okay, lastly, just real quick, uh, just to get to a round number of 10 games to pick, Oregon 7-1, and yeah. one, playing Cal 3-5 and five at home. Uh, Cal's 1-4 and four in the Pac-12, and the over-under is 59.5, and, and Oregon's laying 24 points. Uh, did Cal make you think at all last week, or is it just going to be another Oregon bludgeoning? I believe in Oregon bludgeoning. Shout out to Fernando Mendoza. You guys know who I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Yeah. He was cl- I mean, that was close. You didn't know, the six, five, I didn't know last freshman. week. Yeah, we know now. Yeah. I'm just I not convinced you know. Cal I'm not convinced Cal can score against these guys. I think USC's defense makes makes people look like world beaters when they're it is unbelievable yeah, how stark rolls. the difference is between USC's defense and Oregon's. It's like you all kind of like sometimes I feel like because it's in a different time zone and it's off on the east west coast that everybody just kind of assumes that that's all like one clump of teams. And it's like, you can judge other PAC 12 teams based on like what USC is doing. And it's like watching USC play because they've been lumped in. It's always USC and Oregon, USC and Oregon and recruiting all the time. Who's going to carry the flag for the PAC 12. Who's going to leave for the big 10. They're always together. Don't lump these two teams together. Oregon's defense is immeasurably better uh, than USC's. And just because Cal scored 49 points last week, doesn't mean that they're going to go light the world on fire. I think that Oregon is going to win and they're going to cover the spread. Okay. Physical, disruptive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oregon covers. Yeah, Oregon covers. Dan Lanning and Will Stein. Great marriage. Locks of the week. My lock is Georgia minus 15 and a half, mostly to antagonize Dave Ubbin and his romantic <laughs> view of the sport that we all love. Um, what's your lock of the week, Dave? My lock of the week is Kentucky. Minus three and a half at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is not very good. I, I checked their record and I was like, is there a game I'm forgetting about? Nope, there's not. I don't really get this at all. Kentucky's really good. They've lost to some good teams. Uh, they're maybe undervalued because of the way they could, the Georgia game played out. Uh, they obviously lost to Tennessee. 
Uh, give me Kentucky minus three and a half is my lock of the week. Max? Max's lock of the week is juicy. Lock of the week. It is one of the all-time us-against-the-world games in the history of the sport. Uh, Michigan covers 32.5 against Purdue. I think I I could write the pregame speech on this, right? Like, it's just so predictable (laughs) what you would say to your team. You'd say, everybody's lying on us. We cheated our way to the top, saying we're a joke. Ryan Day's trying to get us banned from the Big Ten title game. Let's go out and uh, and show we're the best team in the country and just absolutely let's just (laughs) absolutely take everything out on Purdue. And look, I think if you're Michigan too, it's such a deep team. Like it's just next man up on the signal stealing. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to be doing it live. I'm I'm sure they'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) I listen if they if Michigan's covering this number, and it's not even fair to Purdue that they've got to be the one that has to play Michigan. (laughs) But like, it's just going to be we're going to Michigan go from and run it up. Did Michigan go from the team that everybody was rooting to disrupt? the CFP and like knock Ohio state and Georgia and Alabama off their, off their ledge go to the most hated team in college football. Now, like do people like, does the general public is just like, uh, all- I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Like we didn't so focus on like, us pick Michigan team. to win the national title a week before this all broke. I believe. So. I don't know. Yeah. Seven of us did. I didn't, but, seven. but I didn't really have an emotional <laughs> attachment to it. I will say yep. the, the Michigan discourse, if they win this game, like 23 to 13. Oh, yeah. Will be unreal. Like, they better cover this or at least come close to it. Like, they, if this is the game where they're not dominant, buddy, the conversation is going to change in a hurry. I, I am confident that Michigan is absolutely not shook by any of this at all. That That's what I think. I think Michigan is going to come out and just light up Purdue, who just lost to Nebraska last weekend in a game that was yeah. not close. Um, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a dominant one for Michigan. By the way, shout out Matt Rule for the uh, the pregame and postgame speeches in that Purdue game. Uh, they went viral as part of the, I guess we'll call it a cinematic recap, whatever they call it, their GBR rewind show that they do in-house. Uh, pretty cool stuff from Matt Rule. Amazing yeah, stuff. Shout out to Matt Rule in general for being who we thought he was, I think. Like, I mean, Nebraska, Aggressive yeah. competence. It took Aggressive a while, competence. but they're here. Yeah, it, they're like here. I said, it took a month to frost, but we're, we're here. We made it. Um, <laughs> Defrost. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, okay. Good. Next up, we have uh, the Sickos game of the week, which I think, do we all agree, is just automatically Iowa Northwestern. The total yeah. the total is 30 and a half now, unfortunately. The, it, it moved up a point. We had that beautiful moment. Um, what, if I, what, what's, what changed that? I don't get it. All I know, well, they, you want to talk about the angriest team in America? I, I think you missed it. I was going to come out with said Dragon coach Breath. In America. Hey, you know, <laughs> it would be, you know, Dave always likes to say the funniest possible outcome of Iowa games. Like the funniest possible thing now is if Iowa like averages forty-one points a game for the rest of the year. Yes, I'm rooting for it. <laughs> I want fifty-one ten, baby. Let's go. Like, Iowa just yes. comes out Northwestern has a hangover after doing what they did last week, and they just <laughs> beat the crap out of them in a way that shows offensive efficiency that we haven't seen from them so far. I don't know. I I think this is inherently. It's going to be like just like Kirk Cousins. You like that after the game? Yeah, right, they go as forty-five. Funny, <laughs> I have to say, all right. As funny as Iowa making the playoff would have been, I think Brian Ferentz getting fired. And then scoring 40 points and then winning the Big Ten title and beating one of these super teams or beating Michigan, say, in that championship game. Somehow that's funnier to me than Iowa making the playoffs. It's like, oh, yeah, we all got it wrong. His <laughs> offense was actually awesome. Okay, I already said my trap game, which was Texas-Kansas State. doesn't really count, but it's my trap game. Dave, who do you have? Uh, my trap game is uh, Virginia Tech at Louisville. 
be careful, Louisville. I know I halfway apologized to them on the last show, but like, I'm just not all the way in on Louisville. And Virginia Tech was kind of a disaster last year, but they've kind of turned a corner under Brent Pry. It's a winnable game, and and I I'm just still not all in on Louisville. Um, and we'll see if if Virginia Tech plays the way they did against Syracuse, they will win this game. I know that was night Lane Stadium, all that stuff, but man, Virginia Tech looked good. Max has a good one. Max does have a great one. That's a good one because they're good. Jacksonville State's good. Fellas, fellas, we got Jacksonville State at South Carolina. The Gamecocks against the Gamecocks. Do we call it the Cock Game? Do we call it the Super Cock Bowl? Cockfighters. Are we calling it Cockfest? What do we want to call it? Cockfest. Cockfest? Something like that. Uh, What was the... What was the mascot that uh, that Grace wrote about? Called Cock Commander game. Cock Commander. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Cock Commander. Ari, have you seen the Cock Commander tank in person? I haven't. No. It's breathtaking. <laughs> it's one of the best things you'll ever see. It's literal tank with like a clear cage for. Uh, I forget what the what the mascot's actual name is. It's not Cock Commander. I don't remember what it is. Okay. But the actual tank that they drive around is fantastic. It's, Aaron's right. It is. There's a, it's there's just a short fight, list guys. of, of let's talk vehicles. Let's talk cockfight. Can we talk about yes. cockfight? I'd love to talk Please. about cockfight. Okay, Jacksonville State. That's a top twenty defense and stop rate, fellas. Like they're they're doing. They're really good. good. Yeah, they're a good a team. Great has got it cooking. They're good. Um, they've got. They've it been cooking. a cover machine they're, on these weeknight games too, guys. I got to tell you, their quarterback. <laughs> Zion Webb, dual threat dude. I think he's going to give South Carolina some pro- some problems in this one. I'm not saying this is going to be a stunner, but I think uh, 16 and a half might be too many points. And this would be, if you're Shane Beamer in South Carolina, this would be an extremely bad way to get your seventh loss. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm this is it's a little bit of a sicko. It's a little bit of a trap. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's going to be a. Uh, it's me. I cockfight. think I do like the number though. If you're gonna push it to well, seventeen, and, and like we that. we mentioned this last week, South Carolina's missing like seven offensive linemen. Their best receiver is out. Like I they're should struggling also add, this on offense. Is, to if I want to mention stop rate, this is the worst power five defense in the country in stop rate too. Like they, they're they're they could have, they can run into some trouble. The elements are there, Max. I hadn't really considered it, and then when you said it, I was like, oh man. South Carolina. And it's in, like one of those like okay, here. we're at, we're at six losses. We got to win out now. It's like yeah. all right, here's here's the. Former FCS team on the schedule. Let's kind of look past this one. I would not look past this one. Yeah. It's a great trap. It's 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 one of the best trap game game picks of the year, to be honest. Okay. (laughs) It really is. An hour and 23 (laughs) minutes is just downright obnoxious. If you were here from start to finish on the live YouTube channel, you're a real one. (laughs) I don't know how you did it. I don't know how I did it. I haven't eaten lunch yet. Daddy's getting hungry. So we're going to, we're going to. Say goodbye. I'm going until, to the uh, melting pot after this. Yeah. Or I'll pick you some up some, uh, some raw meat. But. Yeah, <laughs> cook it in your oven for me. No, not your oven. Your dishwasher. Skillet, uh, skillet. Thank you guys so much for listening to the latest edition of Until Saturday. Be sure to be following the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, so you'll be notified when new episodes are up. We always appreciate the five star reviews and rankings. Helps the show grow. Any way that you can interact on the YouTube channel or the uh, podcast channel is a huge help to us. Again, we'll be live on Thursday. Thursdays for the rest of the year, Saturday nights reacting to the games and Sunday for our Sunday sound off. And the next time we talk to you guys will be Saturday night after another amazing day of college football. Thank you so much. We'll catch you guys next week for Max Olson. Not next week, Saturday. Max Olson, Dave Ubbin, I'm Ari Wasserman. Thanks so much for listening to the latest edition of Unhill Saturday. Somebody find a turnover chain and then bring it back. <laughs>